0: Welcome to the Small Town Big Dreams podcast. My name is Becky Waples and this is the podcast that celebrates small town creators and shares their stories. A creator to me could be an entrepreneur, someone with a side hustle, a person with a passion project, even a social media guru or anybody else who has taken their goal and is crushing it. From their background to where they found the courage, from their challenges to their wins, to where they find inspiration and how they took their first step, I cannot wait to chat and laugh about anything and everything that comes with creating something from scratch. If you are inspired by small town creators who turn their big dreams into reality, then this is the podcast for you. Please subscribe to hear all upcoming podcasts, follow me on Instagram, and leave a review or comment so I know what you want to hear and what creators inspire you. Let's grow together. Okay, perfect, so let's get started. So, Sean, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me on. I very much appreciate
0: it. I got your name through Kelsey when I interviewed her with Be Engaged Agency, but she never actually told me how she knows you.
1: We actually uh, work together during our day jobs. So I, uh, I'm i a caseworker for social assistance with Kelsey. Uh, I had a chance actually to listen to her podcast today, and uh, I definitely um, <laughs> enjoyed her little shout-out uh, when she was talking about the, uh, the client that... Um, that she provided that uh, package for. That was me.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I kind of thought so, but that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So you, your day job is at social services and then you are here today because you must, you have this other job. Can you tell us about why you're here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have just started, uh, recently started um, the Healing Path uh, Trauma and Recovery Coaching. Um, so uh, it's it's fairly new, um, very new actually. I've, I've only been running for about three months now. So it's been great to uh, to kind of get this off the ground. It's, it's been a dream of mine for a very long time and uh, very happy to, to see it uh, come to fruition.
0: Can you share your journey? What inspired you to be a trauma and recovery coach?
1: That is a great question. So I guess basically based on the experiences that I've gone through in my life, um, I, I've been through uh, quite, quite a bit, um, you know, as far as trauma, addictions, all of that. And I really just have a passion for helping people. Uh, I actually uh, started off my career kind of heading in the law enforcement direction. Uh, I was a special constable for a number of years in Toronto and uh, transitioned to um, my recent casework with the dream of eventually going into a therapeutic or uh, coaching type role. Yeah, it's taken me a long time to get here. Uh, gone through a few life uh, challenges along the way. And then in, I guess it was 2020, I had the opportunity to connect with a coach myself, and she coached me for uh, for a time, and then we looked at a number of different um, coaching certification programs, and uh, I kind of landed on on one uh, out of Alberta that was really good. It was really all-encompassing, had a, a lot to offer. Um, it offered both the, the trauma-informed care as well as the, um, the coaching package as well, well along with that. And so it was great to be able to take that course. I graduated in August and launched a business in late September.
0: Very cool. Sounds like this has always been your goal. Did you always want to be like own your own trauma coach or did you kind of picture yourself working for a company?
1: That's another great question. I, um, yeah, I, I don't really have a clear answer for that. Um, That's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, um, owning my own business, I, I, I'm not super entrepreneurial, um, right. but as far as life or trauma and recovery coaching goes, it's it's always been kind of a dream, I guess, to work for myself, uh, kind of set my own hours, you know, be able to to take clients, you know, as frequently or as infrequently as I'd, I'd like. I mean, obviously the more clients, you know, the more people I'm helping, the better. You know, my, my heart is just to see lives changed and and people be able to live their, their authentic selves and you know, really thrive as opposed to, you know, being stuck in in the addictive cycle and you know being weighed down by their trauma.
0: Right. You're are you in the Owen Sound area? I am. Yeah. And how would clients find you, or how do you find your client?
1: Um, a number of ways. Typically online. Um, okay. the, the online presence is is, uh, is growing, uh, so that's really good. And then referrals, where of mouth. If, yeah, r- referrals are are a really great way actually to build clientele.
0: And when you say online, so some of your clients are not from this area. They're from all over Canada, U.S. or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have, you know, a number from from all over. Um, it could be anywhere in the world, really. You know, anywhere that has an internet connection and a Zoom link. Or, you know, we're able to uh, to connect that way.
0: Right. Yeah. And so what type of person do you work with? Um, maybe I'm asking, like, you mentioned addictions a lot. So would you be working in, like, with rehab
1: situations or it's it's kind of post rehab so basically anyone uh could be a client i, I kind of say over 25 um just because they're 25 they're they're at that point where you know the brain is fully developed things are are happening in their lives they're, they're kind of ready for coaching i, I kind of want people that are, that are you know kind of um at a position where they're they're ready to be coached right. um and so what i mean by that is is just people that have kind of done some work on their trauma um, people that aren't necessarily in active addiction, just because you you need to be kind of in a clear place in order to to go through the coaching process. Um, it's a little bit different than therapy. Therapy tends to dig into the past and and look at you know the reasons why, whereas coaching looks at the how to the next steps.
0: You mentioned that you're looking for people who are ready to be coached. Do you do you get um, referrals from families? that are like, they need this, but they might not be ready? Like, is that something that you see sometimes? I
1: mean, yes, it, it does definitely happen. Um, I haven't come across it quite yet, uh, just just, just being fairly new. But yeah, it, it definitely would happen for sure.
0: I like what you said about therapy is why, and you're saying how to. So someone that might have already been in therapy and is kind of thinking, okay, what's my next steps?
1: Yeah, I- exactly. So a lot of times people get stuck with with. Stuck in sort of talk therapy and don't really know where to go from there. You know they they've done the work they've done, you know as far as they can go with a therapist, and then kind of the coach comes along and works you know alongside the therapist in a lot of cases. But the role of a coach is is more that um, you know we set specific targeted goals um, and then work towards that goal through the coaching process.
0: Right. Let's talk a little bit about your business. Have you faced any challenges or hiccups since you started?
1: I wouldn't say any challenges or hiccups quite yet. Right now, it's just a matter of getting my name out there, getting you know the branding out there, letting people know that I'm that I'm here, that uh, you know the healing path exists. Yeah, and onboarding new clients.
0: Well, that's why you're here. Exactly. <laughs> Do you engage with the community to promote awareness on trauma and recovery?
1: That, that's definitely in the plans. Um, I do know of a local coach that uh, he's done a couple of seminars and I I know him personally. And so that's something I, I hope to collaborate on in the future. Um, I, I know we've kind of talked roughly about that. Community en- engagement is definitely on my radar. It's just something that I'm not quite at yet. I'm <laughs> just, just given uh, the needs yeah. so of the the business and you know the whole data to- the day job kind of thing
0: yeah i hear you i'm kind of the same i see all these companies doing nice things for christmas and i'm like i wish but i'm still in the weeds I'm like I'm, yeah right i'm just trying to get started so that's a goal for next year
1: absolutely yeah and it's a great goal for you know a year from now you know maybe next christmas i can have you know mm-hmm. um a few things on the go but uh but yeah, just with with being so new at this, it's um, yeah, just trying to get things up and running. Um, with you know, that's kind of been the I guess, occupation of the last couple of months.
0: Right. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you work in the Gravers area. Is there specific needs that you see around here that maybe the larger cities don't see, or or maybe something different, like vice versa?
1: Um. I mean, there's definitely a huge need here. You know, addiction is rampant. You know, traumatized people. <laughs> are everywhere. Um, so I, I don't know if there's necessarily a, a rural versus versus urban um I, I guess platform for coaching. You know, I think anyone could benefit from from both therapy and trauma recovery coaching. Right. You know, everybody's got some some sort of trauma that they've experienced in their life, right? And and trauma's not always necessarily what happens to you. It's what happens inside of you as a result of the event that occurred. So any any one of us can carry you know trauma of some sort um, or, or form or fashion, and so it's it's just a matter of you know identifying that and how it's impacting your life, and then kind of working from the inside out.
0: Right. Um. The same event can happen to two different people, and depending on all of the other situations they've dealt with in their life, they will take that situation and
1: take it differently. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, no two trauma is the same, and you know one of the things that uh, I've learned over the years is you you definitely can't compare anyone's trauma. What one person has faced, you, you know, you can't really compare it to what somebody else has faced, no matter how big or small, um, because it, it still impacts their life in in some way, right?
0: Yeah, I've seen that too. Where if this is a struggle for you, don't say, "Well, at least oh well, I can't be upset because it's not that bad." Comparing your trauma to someone else's, <laughs> right? yeah
1: yeah and uh you know we, we tend to try and do that it, not necessarily to, to minimize but you know to to try and um trying to empathize or, or comfort the other person and that's you know that that's definitely not what somebody needs uh in a moment of of pain right yeah
0: i didn't i feel like my questions are are going to ve- go in a different direction now <laughs> yeah just because i wasn't really quite sure what we were going to cover today but I'm really interested now. Yeah, I want to know like what is your your definition of trauma? Like we have kind of just covered that, but maybe you can go into better detail.
1: I've kind of stolen some of my stuff from from Gabber Mate. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he's um, he's a I think believe Polish Canadian who's a leading expert right now in trauma and addiction. So some of my uh, my take on trauma has come from him. Again, it's what happens inside you. Basically, you, you get disconnected uh, from your emotions and from your body, and it's so the the addiction part comes in as us trying to um, to medicate that that pain that we feel inside. And so, part of the healing process is is reconnecting to yourself. So, a, a big part of it is you know doing some some breathing and, and kind of like learning to feel your body again, to feel uh, your emotions. Uh, that that's a big part of it because you know people that have uh, suffered trauma and Or addicted often become very severed from their emotions. So I know a big part of my journey and my story has been learning. It was basic emotions, learning to feel again um, and learning what those emotions are telling the rest of my body and then trying to you know feel it and release it, if that makes sense.
0: No, that does make sense. I think when I thought, what does a healing coach do? I pictured restorative, more like therapeutic, like a lot of talking, like a lot of talking it out. Let's Okay, so you're feeling this. How can we not feel this? But you're but now that we're talking and I understand like breath work, so meditation, what other types of approaches or techniques is there?
1: Those are definitely tools that we would utilize for sure. A big part of coaching is is that it has to be client-led. And so basically it's it's the client that's kind of steering not kind of the, the client is very much steering the direction of the coaching. So just to kind of give you an idea of the coaching process, the first call be like um, we, we call it the empowerment call um, and so that's a 30-minute free call where basically we have a chance to interview each other so the the prospective client you know we share a little bit of information about themselves about their journey about what brought them to coaching and then it gives me an opportunity to share a little bit about me you know I would touch on some of my story that would relate to some of theirs uh, and then go over you know the, the the coaching packages so they have an idea of, of what they're getting into um, the next call from there uh, would be the discovery session, session. Sorry, And at that point, we would go over, I, I've got a couple of different tools that I would send out as far as, you know, different trauma wheels and things like that. And we would kind of rank each area on the trauma wheel. And then the next session would be, you know, going over the uh, areas of, of pain uh, and areas of growth or the, the pain points and areas of growth. And then what we do is work on a, a recovery goal that we work on for the for the remainder of the the sessions, um, and then once the the client feels comfortable with that goal, once that goal is complete for them, um, we could revisit, you know, the the trauma wheel uh, and maybe look at some other areas that they'd like to work on, and then yeah. So it, again, it's all based on on the client's approach, what they're looking for, what they're hoping to get out of it, and then yeah, we would kind of tailor the program to them, uh, and then each week we'd go through different action steps and different tools in order to get them to that end end goal.
0: Very cool how, like, I mean, I know all trauma is different and I know Mm -hmm. you're still new to this, but what would you be like, I don't want to say ideal. I just want to know like what's an average, like, I I don't know how to ask this. I don't want to be like, so how long does it take to get fixed? I don't want to ask that. (laughs) I'm just curious, like how long does your relationship normally last in this type of?
1: Yeah. So I, it it could be, I mean, my, my basic package is three months. And so that's You know three months to kind of set a basic goal and and work you know towards that and i mean it it all depends too on the on the client how much effort and work they're willing to put into it we would have weekly sessions uh over that three month period uh so 12 sessions in total and then if they choose to continue on um you know if they if they feel that goal is complete like i said we can look at some other goals otherwise um you know if they feel that they need to continue in that one we can do that as well
0: it feels like it's a lot of empowerment for your clients.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely the goal of a coach or, or the role of a coach. It's to try and draw the information out that's inside you and help you or help the client recognize blind spots in their life that they can overcome.
0: I want to know, so you kind of mentioned that this was always like a lifetime goal. But was mm-hmm. there a part when you were being coached that you were like, yeah, I'm ready. I could do I could do this too or I'm ready to help others.
1: yeah, I've always kind of had that I don't know, I guess that um, that drive to help others, you know, just like I said based on my life experiences. So I could tell you the the areas of of coaching that I that I I guess am involved in uh, so it would be um you know childhood trauma, uh, sexual abuse, uh, grief and loss, addictions, unwanted sexual behaviors, affair recovery, uh, betrayal trauma you know, repairing intimacy in relationships uh, and setting boundaries. Boundaries are often a a huge area too that um, gets missed.
0: Just a friend of mine went through some trauma coaching several years ago when I was still young and didn't really realize what it was. And I remember a huge thing for her was boundary. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's a really big area. Yeah, that's a big area in life. that.
0: She actually still works now with like a boundary coach. Just like how to tell people, Kind of like literally how to, ex- like make like how to word when you're talking to somebody that they, this is something that you don't want to talk about or something yeah. that they have to leave you alone about
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, people often struggle with that, right? That whole um saying no without a, without an explanation. You know, we don't necessarily owe people any explanation. You know, sometimes our our no is enough.
0: About- yeah. Yeah. And you also mentioned that you you were a special constable in Toronto.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: yeah. How long did you do that for?
1: Uh, I was there for five years.
0: And then, what made you move up to this area?
1: We wanted uh, to move up here for, I guess, a quieter, quieter way of life. Um, get away from the the traffic, the busyness, the crazy, you know, environment of Toronto. I was also commuting, um, to, you know, two and a half guess two hours uh, one way a day, so that became a little much as well. And, like I said, my my goal originally was policing, you know, being in that environment for a few years. It's it's an awesome job. And I I definitely commend anybody here who is a police officer. It just wasn't necessarily for me. I wanted to be a little bit more of um that helping role. at police officer have very, you know, very it's it's a very helping profession, but I wanted to do something a little more along the lines of I guess social work um and helping people to outpay. And so, you know, my heart was really really for that. And uh, when I found the caseworker role, I was was really excited. Um, It was kind of a a bit of a crapshoot moving up here. Uh, I left my permanent job for a six-month contract, and uh, I'm still here 10 years later, so I must have done something right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about uh, live. Well, we talked a little bit about living in the small town and how Mm -hmm. like rural versus urban trauma, but Mm -hmm. how have you found the Gravers region is contributing to your business?
1: Hmm. That is a fantastic question. Um, don't know if they really have so far. Oh,
0: okay.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I guess just with being so new too, right? Um, right. You know, I, I, like I said, trying to get my name out there, and uh, thankfully through my other my other career, I've got you know a number of connections, so that's that's been helpful that way. Um, I guess one of the the big perks of a small town is um, you know that a whole one degree of separation. Uh, you know, most areas they say it's it's six degrees of separation, but I find in, in this area it's definitely a lot, uh a lot lower than that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It also might be nice your clients might maybe even recognize you if they've been in that area, if they've been needed yeah. social work before or they've just seen you around. You yeah, like absolutely. I Like even on your website, I was like, I feel like I know Sean. Maybe I know Sean and you just have like a familiar. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I get told that all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, really.
1: I, I also sit on. Uh, I sit on a couple of committees locally as well. So I'm part of the anti-trafficking, anti-human trafficking committee uh, for oh, great okay. leaders, uh through my current employer. Uh, I'm also connected with with CMHA. I facilitate uh, the dads, the my dads program with them.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and I've also facilitated a few other recovery uh, meetings here in in uh, Owen Sound as well.
0: Great. Very cool. Do you have collaborators? Have you found that uh, your, the people from your day job are really receptive to your coaching practice?
1: Yeah, so the people from my day job have been fantastic. Uh, I've actually got a referral um, from one of my coworkers for a client, so that that's been amazing. Um, you know, I, I, they've also taken you know different coworkers have taken stacks of business cards for me and handing them out, so that's been amazing as well. And then I do have uh, a couple, I guess, kind of collaborators that you know have come out of my coaching program. You know, the odd time if there's a, a challenging case, or if we, you know one one of us is needing support on something, or even like a marketing avenue, um, we kind of share that with each other as well. So it's been really helpful to have that. The the one guy is in Ontario, and then there's another person that's uh, or two other people that are uh, out of province. Um, so it's it's been amazing to connect with them as well and just kind of share ideas and what's worked for them, what hasn't worked for them.
0: Right. You kind of mentioned that going into trauma and recovery coaching is because of your past and I don't want to don't want to go there but I want to know cuz you sound very very qualified like you're you you have a giant background in this you're helping all these people everywhere where do you think in your life it went from it could have gone in the wrong direction but it went in the right
1: Oh man, that's a huge question. Um, Does that makes
0: sense. I don't want to imply that i have gone in the wrong direction, but
1: it. it but you're absolutely right. It, it absolutely could have. Um, so I'll be honest and up front. Like I, am a teen parent. I have my first child at 17. Um, you know, I, I met my now ex-wife in high school. You know, we, we were two hurting and broken teenagers, and uh, you know, we, we, we hurt and broke each other for the majority of our marriage. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a part of my story for sure. Um, you know, I, I've gone through, through a while. I lost my dad when I was 12, um, you know, and gone through, you know, quite a bit of, um, family struggle that way. Um, and yeah, it, it could have absolutely gone a different direction. I, I would say my support system was a huge part of that. Um, my, uh, people pleasing <laughs> was a big part of that as well. You, you know, not I guess not wanting to go too far down the wrong path. I had uh, a family member who was was highly addicted to uh, to narcotics uh, and he was kind of he uh you know the inspiration in the family to stay away from drugs uh so thankfully i, I didn't go too far down that road uh, especially when i was younger i didn't i didn't leave it on that road very much at all but it was you know more um yeah uh, you know acting out in other ways and and inappropriate behavior and you know all sorts of things that uh, i'm you know necessarily proud of but you know, I, I think the family, my my family having kids, uh, we had, our, uh, I had my fourth son by the time I was 24. You know, that also kind of uh, helped a lot to you, right? Um, you know, just providing for the family and, and trying to do the right thing. Um, if that makes sense at all.
0: No, it does. Uh, so, okay, so it's interesting that you said you had a really good support system. And now what you're doing is being like a coach and a support system. Like, I find that I just don't want 18-year-old men thinking, well, there's nothing for me now if I had a baby. I just, no, like, oh my gosh, this is, per- an entrepreneurship is actually perfect for you. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's true. I mean, it's not where there's trouble. Like, there was, you know, there's a lot of hard years and there's, you know, at times where I, I worked three jobs at one point just to, you know, try and put food on the table and, and those types of things. But, you know, without that. Uh, Without our parents, uh, our parents were were huge supports, you know. When when we're going through all of that, and um, when when our kids were small, you know, it uh, we definitely couldn't have done that without without help. That's for sure.
0: For your fourth son at twenty four, that...
1: yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four by twenty four.
0: <laughs> but they're all grown now. They're all grown, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah my youngest is. Uh, is 15. Uh, And then my partner, uh, her youngest is seven. So we still have a couple of young ones in the house, which is awesome. Uh, It keeps you young, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I know I have two and I'm not having any more (laughs) because I couldn't handle more now, but it would be so much fun when the kids come home for Christmas and they're like 20, 21, and there would be a lot of them. I think that would have been nice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it definitely is. Like I, I don't know. I love when they're all together because it's like you really see their personalities come out. Um, and it's interesting now, right? Like they they get into some heated debates about different topics, and you know, you hear each one of them has a, an interesting worldview that's uh, very different from the other, and it's it's pretty. She's hesitating.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, we went off a little bit, but that's funny. That's cool. Um, I want to know. Let's get to like. Um, do you have any advice for any individual who wanted to pursue a career in coaching or trauma and recovery?
1: Hmm. Um do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I feel like I, well, I mean, I, I waited till I guess I was ready um, until the pieces fell into place, but uh, yeah, I mean, do it. It's, uh, it's definitely challenging and rewarding, but yeah, do it.
0: <laughs> you said that you did a coaching program in Alberta. Can you just remind us of what that was called?
1: So it's a fully aligned coaching certification is who I went through And that uh, that gave me a certification in uh, trauma and recovery wellness coaching.
0: What kind of person would be a good trauma and recovery coach? You obviously need tough skin.
1: Yeah, definitely tough skin. I would say somebody with lived experience. Okay. Yeah, that that's to because I mean in the coaching realm, you're you're more of like a peer supporter a mentor. So it's not a therapeutic role necessarily, right? It's it's more like you're coming alongside people and and um, yeah, ground level. You know, you're, you're helping them at that ground level. So I I think it takes somebody that's, that's been there that has a little bit of of lived experience and understands, you know, what it's like to go through whatever realm you're coaching in.
0: And do you do in-person meeting?
1: Yeah, that's a work in progress. (laughs) Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, it is definitely uh, a goal of mine. And I I definitely want to get to that point. It's, it's just, uh, with being so new, it's hard to find, you know, space and all those types of things um road. especially since yeah. it's yeah a lot of it's right now in the evenings or weekends and so trying to find a facility for evenings and weekends um is a little bit challenging mm-hmm. um but down the road yeah definitely I, I would like to be in person that's that's my goal
0: we have a i don't think it's called a coaching center but it's a wellness center here in port elgin that does ice baths and so they do a lot of wellness coaching that way and i i only ask because i kind of picture now and in, in a weird way I was like, maybe he's taking these people and doing ice baths with them, like meditating with Mm -hmm. them, really like just hand in hand, like side by side. But
1: yeah, I definitely haven't. But that would be a great uh, organization to get connected with.
0: Um, Okay. So I always ask, because I do like to inspire people. I am asked you what would make a good coach, but do you have a small business hack? What made you say, I'm going to do it myself instead of doing it for someone else
1: and um, I, you know, I, I think honestly, I kind of went on my own because there's not really any other, uh, any practices around. Oh,
0: okay. No, a- <laughs> So, So you yeah. saw a need for something and you were like, let's do it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I mean, there's, there's a huge need for, um, for coaching in this area. I think, you know, I know that green bruise is such a hurting area and, and I think, you know, anything that, I don't know, it provides some kind of light or shines a, a light in this area, I think is, is huge.
0: I agree with you there. Yeah. I only lived in On Sound for a year. I used to walk home from like the bars downtown and I just, I hear people all the time, like you can't do that anymore. Yeah. This was maybe, this was maybe 16 years ago. So it was, <laughs> that aged me. But yeah, and I loved to, I loved it when I lived in On Sound too. I used to work right downtown. So I'd walk down there, walk home. I never felt unsafe. And that's not what I've been told. The one sound is like at night anymore.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard. Like I, uh, I definitely wouldn't uh, you know let my daughters walk or or my sons walk alone downtown at this point anymore.
0: Yeah, like some people have really aggressive views on it, and I don't share those views. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there's obviously more empathetic ways we can deal with this than some aggressive views people have.
1: It is, yeah, it's such a huge challenge, you know, and I see it in my day job. All the time, and i I don't really know what the solution is, to be honest. Um, no. You know, I, I see a lot of places have like a housing first model, uh, and that seems to be based on a lot of studies. It seems to be working well, you know. I, and I see that we're we're adopting to that to a degree uh, here in this area. Um, we've opened up a new shelter, which is great. You know, things like that I think are are going to be helpful. Um, but I mean, the, the I, I really don't have a solution for addiction. It's such a hard you know, and, and the mental health crisis that that we're now faced with. Yeah, you know, it, it all, yeah, you know, it contributes, and it's it's, I don't know, it's so challenging.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the answer is either, but it just feels like sometimes, the people that have aggressive use are just louder, and mm-hmm. so you think that's what everyone thinks, and it's just that's not true at all. No, so it absolutely. You need to keep looking for, more sympathetic ways to, deal with it. And actually, one of my questions was going to be, what should we know about stigma and maybe how to help someone that we know that is dealing with trauma or addiction and recovery?
1: The stigma is, I mean, we, we you hear mental health talked about all the time. Uh, you hear addictions talked about all the time. Now we hear trauma talked about all the time, but there's still such a huge stigma uh, that surrounds each one of those. And it, it's, it's so hard and complicated when people don't necessarily want the help or or if they're in denial and don't feel that they need the help it's such a challenge I guess like in the in the coaching world um, you know coaches kind of come in because more or less I don't want to say after the fact but it's definitely not after the fact but it's it's when a person's at a position when they're ready for the coaching you know so somebody who you know is in very active addiction you know, they, they wouldn't necessarily in a, be in a place for, for coaching. Um, and so I guess, you know, there, there's a lot of I guess other helps or other help, sorry, and support, you know, that they'd be able to reach out to, you know, we've, we've got Canadian mental health. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, the, the former Ray Bruce health services, I guess that's bright shores now, um, swim so bright shores. And they just opened a new, um, Addiction treatment facility in Owen Sound as well. Uh, it's a mental health and addiction uh, treatment facility. Um, I believe it's open. Don't be on that. Not 100. percent. Um, Is that by the public health? It's the old, it's the old school. It's Bayview School, one of the old schools. Uh, they've turned it into uh, into a treatment facility, and I believe it's open. I'm not 100 on that.
0: Um, I just saw today nine eight eight just started today right yes. the suicide prevention and crisis
1: support yes it did um, so that is a great a great source of help as well um, so anyone that's that's struggling it you know, with suicidal thoughts or ideation definitely reach out and call 988 that just went live at 9 o'clock this morning yeah yeah so that's 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 pretty exciting you know it's, it's good to see that the government's recognizing that we need support Um, and that people are are hurting people are struggling um you know the economy the way it is like people are i i hear the stories all the time of how people are you know struggling so much right now with with everything um and then coming out of covid like a lot of people lost a lot of their their mental health and addiction support during covid um you know they, they weren't able to meet in person, so. You know, there there was a lot of connection that got uh, that got lost um, as a result of that. And I know there's a lot of research being done too, like saying that basically the, I guess the opposite of, of addiction it isn't necessarily sobriety; it's connection, it, because the the addiction um, or, or or addiction in general makes this makes the addict so disconnected from. You know, their, their bodies themselves, uh, their emotions, uh, reality in some cases, um, and definitely from other people. And so, you know, having that strong community and having that um, that connection to themselves and to others, you know, is, is one of the, uh, the best things we can do for addiction.
0: Yeah. This is a heavy one. This is like real thought provoking one. <laughs> I was gonna ask, like, what do you do for self-care? Like it must you must have to deal with a lot. And it sounds like mm-hmm. all your side jobs do too, other like your day job and then where you volunteer as well. So, like, what do you do for self-care?
1: Well, I play guitar. Uh okay. so that's kind of my, my winter self-care in the summer. Um, I try and do a quite a bit of camping, uh you a know, motorcycle. So I spend a lot of time on that, uh, some wind therapy. And I have a great partner. Um, she's an amazing support. Uh, you know, she's she backs me in everything I do. She's always there to uh, listen. You know, and she's just incredible. She's always got the right things to say, and you know, the right hug.
0: Oh, that's good. I don't know if I have a ton of other questions. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that I didn't really that we haven't really talked
1: about yet? That's a good question. Um, I, I know we've kind of been all over the place.
0: <laughs> we have. I feel like I feel like be a lot of editing and putting this question over here and this question over here.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. It's me too. This is like a this was this is an exciting one because I, I'm I'm like learning a lot. It's it's really like thought provoking. I like this one a lot. It's gonna be okay. very beneficial too to people that are listening and yeah, yeah. don't maybe yeah. don't realize that you're out there, but.
1: Yeah. And they definitely don't like it. Like with everything being brand new. Yeah. It, my name's Linda, there a whole lot right now. I don't think uh, at least for, for the coaching world, but yeah, I hope this helps.
0: <laughs> so then maybe we can go in. I normally do like a fire round and I was like, what do we do for a fire round when it comes to trauma coaching? But I thought we'll just do something fun to end off the interview kind of like on a lighthearted note. Is that okay? Yeah,
1: for sure. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Lighthearted is good.
0: Yeah, you said that you play the guitar. What's your favorite yeah. song to play?
1: Oh man, um, so I just learned this new song. It's called "Colder Heavens" uh, by Blanco White. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I just figured out that song a few maybe a week ago. Um, so that's kind of been my new my new favorite jam.
0: Nice. And then oh, sorry, you said that you um the philosophy. What was the guy's name that you said about the philosophy?
1: Was it Gabriel Monte?
0: Oh, Gaber Mate. Yeah. I asked. Like, do you read?
1: I read a lot. <laughs> or I try to. I try to read a lot.
0: I try to read a lot too. So what would be a what's your favorite book? It can be nonfiction fiction.
1: Oh, uh, favorite book. I would say Screwtape Letters uh, by C. S. Lewis.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and is Gaber Gaber Mate? I was gonna ask about him because does he have books out there that we should be reading?
1: He does. I haven't read any of his uh, I, I've listened to a lot of uh, a lot of his interviews and uh, you know his lectures and things like that. But he does have some some very good books. I, there's actually one on my reading list that uh, that I need to pick up.
0: Um, I'm ju- I just googled it really quick and okay. actually, I think this book, "When the Body Says No." Yep, I think that book that book was suggested to me like this like two nights ago. Oh really? That's, that's the book she said. Um, here it is what did she say no it was something else the body keeps score.
1: okay i've heard that one too
0: yeah i was like oh. wait a second i have to read it if that and now i have to read one of them if that's uh because that's a weird
1: coincidence right Someone's <laughs> trying to tell me something yeah, you have to listen to those <laughs> yeah uh, the myth of normal is uh is oh, one because i here, yeah. i'd really like to read
0: What's your favorite pizza topping?
1: Oh, man, I love meat lovers.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, my new question is, does Does pineapple belong on pizza?
1: No, it absolutely does
0: not. It's a very, it's a very, people have strong opinions on that one.
1: Very strong. Yeah, very strong. No, pineapple does not belong on pizza.
0: Yeah. because I think it has to be on there. So has to be you don't need it. to debate it. But <laughs> Do you have a secret talent?
1: Oh, uh, secret talent. Well, um, I haven't in many years, but I used to play the bagpipes.
0: Oh, what? Really?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was in a, a pipe band for a few years when I was a, younger, before kid.
0: Um, mom was a music teacher and she hates the bagpipes. So I always grew up, <laughs> up thinking like, like I've only ever heard them like really in parades. I'm like, oh, the bagpipes. But my five-year-old is obsessed with them. He loves them.
1: That's hilarious. My Our uh, 10-year-old, um, my 10-year-old stepson, absolutely loves the pipes as well. Um, we went to the Scottish-Korea in, in Aurelia a couple years ago and he wants to learn. So I need to brush up on my skills so I can try and teach him.
0: Well, This is just really random. I kind I think I made it up, but then I was like, maybe this is true. Can you play the bagpipes in cold weather?
1: Um, it's not super good for the pipes. Okay, um, I, that's what I thought. Yeah, the reeds tend to freeze up. It's They don't really like the cold. Even though they're from Scotland, which is pretty cold.
0: That's well, th- thank you. Cause I was my went to the Christmas parade last weekend and my son was like, Mom, where were the bagpipes? <laughs> and I was like, You can't play the bagpipes in the cold. And then I was like, Wait, Scotland's
1: cold. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wanted to know that answer. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. Okay. I've definitely piped in some Christmas parades and it's, uh, yeah, it's cold. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like a brass instrument would be cool to like. In a Christmas concert too, like what? Yeah. Um, what's the most adventurous thing you've ever done?
1: Oh man, um, I did my first uh, solo camping trip on the motorcycle this summer. That was pretty adventurous, I suppose.
0: I think that's very adventurous. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't like doing things by myself, so that seems a little too adventurous for me.
1: It was actually it was an amazing experience, uh, very therapeutic. I yeah, I, I can say it was right on the river. Um, it was very quiet. It was uh, September, middle of September during the week. Um, so the park was pretty well empty. It was amazing. <laughs> I had such a good time.
0: It's cool. Oh, what's your favorite place? Like, are you, do you travel a lot? Are you a traveler?
1: I've done a little bit of traveling. Um, my family's British. So I've been to the UK a few times. Um, been to Cuba. Um, done a little bit of traveling throughout the States. Um, I haven't seen much of Canada, sadly.
0: Oh, I was gonna say yeah. Like, what's your favorite place to go to in Gray Bruce, maybe?
1: In Gray Bruce, Um, I love Lion's Head. I don't know what it is about lions. Is it really? That's awesome.
0: (laughs) I was hoping you'd say that.
1: (laughs) I love uh, I love riding the bike up there, like just along Gray One. Um, You know, kind of taking the scenic route and just taking my time.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I'm from. It's a little morbid, but I always ask, what would your last meal be? If you're on death row, like you got to pick.
1: Oh man, um, honestly, like a T-bone steak, potatoes, Caesar salad, a rule Yeah.
0: As far as you can, you can eat whatever you want. Like three desserts, three T-bone steaks.
1: <laughs> right at that yeah, like point. The next day. Yeah, why not? Right.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's all I have. Okay. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight. I thought it was really yeah. informative. Obviously, I've said that a couple of times.
1: Thanks so much for having me on. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. Um, where can we find you? Like, How would somebody find your services? And if someone's just interested in learning more,
1: where can we find you? Yeah, so I have a website. It's uh, thehealingpath.coach.com uh, okay. is taken. So I was able to find Doc .coach, which seems to work really well. And I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, so it's just healingpathcoach.com on Instagram. Okay. Do you want an email address as well?
0: If you want to get their email,
1: give them, yeah. yeah? So if anyone wants to email, it's the healing path coaching. So the healing path coaching at gmail.com.